Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 180 of Sorta Awesome and If you've listened to the most recent episodes of Sorta Awesome, then you know that this year, our theme is Awesomes Know How. We are already getting a great response from you all, the awesome, and we're getting some really fun and exciting ideas about topics and people that we can feature on Sorta Awesome this year so that you awesomes can show off what you already know, and we can all hopefully learn a thing or two or many this year (laughs) as we are celebrating what the awesomes know how to do. So something that we really want to do is feature our awesomes doing what they know how to do on our Sorta Awesome Instagram account. So when you share something on Instagram, maybe you're like sitting at your desk at work and you're rocking out some really incredible productivity system, or maybe you're finishing up a knitting project you've been working on. Maybe you've just gotten your sweet little baby to go to sleep, which is such an accomplishment in and of itself. Whatever you're up to that you want to show that you know how to do, we would love for you to use the hashtag awesomes know how so we can find you doing your thing and feature you on the sort of awesome Instagram account. So again, that hashtag is awesomes know how and hopefully you know where to find us. But just in case you don't over on Instagram, you can find us at sort of awesome show. Okay, like I said, this is episode 180 of Sorta Awesome, and today's episode is going to be a really fun one because it's going to be a discussion about what happens when we decide to really take a step out, take a big pivot, it's going to be a change in direction, it can be exciting and exhilarating, but then what does it actually look like when you take the next step and the next and the next? So I'm joined today by my very dear friend, my very long time sort of awesome co-host. She is the big sister that we all wish we had. And this Kelly Gordon. Hello, Kelly. Hey, Meg. Hey, awesomes. So happy that you're here with us because we're going to dive into all kinds of stuff, including a big life update from you, my friend. (laughs) So excited to get into all Mm -hmm. of that. But before we do that, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. Awesomes of the week are the moment in the show where we take just a few minutes to tell you about whatever's awesome in our life right now, whether it's books, TV shows, movies, podcasts, products, anything that is making life just a little bit more sparkly and shiny, a little bit more fun. So Kelly, I can't wait to hear. I actually really don't even know what you have for us this week. What's awesome in your life right now? (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of awesome, but I have kind of been saving this awesome for a January show because I am bringing you a recipe. I am bringing you the perfect thing to make for dinner here in these deepest, darkest winter months. Very promising. Tell us what to do, please. This is one of the recipes that I have recently discovered that has now made it into probably my top 10 list of recipes that my family loves, are very easy to make, makes lots of leftovers. It's up there with the chicken tacos, which we've talked about a lot on the show, right? Such a favorite. Yeah. It's not quite as easy as that, but I would say that I discovered this recipe last fall 
and just fell in love with it. And it's on a constant rotation during the fall and winter months here at my house. Maybe I did even mention it back in episode 166 that we did last fall. I talked about the everyday food cookbooks and how those of us who really miss having the everyday food magazine in our lives, since it's been discontinued for low these many years, yeah, you can go get some of that goodness in book form. And I think it was in the books that I first discovered this recipe, which actually had been printed back in a magazine in 2005. It is called just turkey and bean chili. That's what everyday food calls it. I tend to call it in our house, we call it Tex-Mex chili, because this is what I like about it. I have a couple of other chili recipes, one in particular that's just kind of your basic chili, right? It's spicy, it's good. This takes chili and tweaks it. And a different sort of a flavor bomb, it's pretty healthy for chili because it uses turkey instead of any other kind of beef or stew meat, you know, pork, anything like that. So I'm going to tell you what's in it and just see what you think, okay? So it starts with bacon. The perfect place to start is starting with bacon, yes. So you're going to put some bacon in a pot and you're going to fry it up so that you're going to have that grease. You actually don't have to take the bacon out, but you're going to use then that oil that has rendered out of the bacon to then cook three pounds of ground turkey. So you want to use, I think that most grocery stores these days mostly just have, you know, more dark meat turkey because you want that juiciness. You don't want like extra lean turkey would not be good in this. So you're going to cook that up and then you're going to add to it a lot of chopped onion, fresh jalapeno and garlic. So you've got all those good flavors, right? And then the spices that you put in are include besides chili powder and lots of cumin also includes cocoa powder. Yes. And I've never had one before. So maybe that's why it's new to me. But I feel like it gives it that smokiness, that unami, if you will. I think it gives it that kind of mysterious, like a mole sauce in Mexican <gasps> Ooh, food. I like you know? it. So it's nothing that you would ever be able to pick out. Like if you feel like your family or someone that you're going to make this for would freak out if you told them there's cocoa powder in it, don't tell them. I didn't tell my kids for months. It picks it up. It also has molasses. I love I really do love the chili with a little hint of cocoa going on in there. So good. Okay, you are hardcore Meg Teats because molasses is hardcore. Like it yeah. is so strong. I love molasses. Yes. I will eat molasses straight out of the jar. Yeah. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. it. We don't talk about molasses enough in this culture and in our lives. I actually have used it in the past. Blackstrap molasses can be a really good source of iron. And so I've talked about I have constant problems with anemia, whether I'm pregnant or not. And so sometimes I have used a little bit of molasses to have a little iron boost. So I really do love it. I know. What do you do? Do you like eat it on waffles? Like I know that that's what I tell my kids is that molasses used to be kind of what people would substitute for syrup if you didn't have syrup. But they're like, oh my word, this is so strong. I can't imagine that. Do you do that? It doesn't bother me at all to eat it right out of the jar. Also, when I was a kid, now this is probably very, very strange, and I don't recommend that you experiment with this, but when I was a kid, number one, hated cottage cheese. I hated, I guess, the whey or the milky part of cottage cheese. Uh So my grandmother, may she rest in peace, was so indulgent of me. She would take cottage cheese and rinse off the whey, and then she would put a little molasses on top and stir it all up, and I would eat it like that. And it was very good to me. In fact, I'm like, that sounds really good right now. (laughs) (laughs) Triggering some cravings for me over here. Again, that's maybe really specific to my taste palette and my memories. From my grandmother in childhood. But yeah, I don't know. I love molasses. Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to derail. This is an amazing recipe, though. <laughs> I'm very fascinated by this because, okay, Awesomes, you're going to have to come out and tell us, like, if molasses is something. Yeah. A, that you even have in your cupboard, because I think a lot of people think, oh, you know, when do you really use molasses? I mean, you, you right. use it in, like, gingerbread. And, gingerbread. You know, it's, it's a very mm-hmm. specific sort of thing, and so lots of people don't even have it. 
I would say for this recipe, if you don't already have molasses, go get it. Mm-hmm. And then if you like molasses, if you eat it like Meg, I want to hear about that too. Cause that's just, I'm totally fascinated because <laughs> it uses two <laughs> tablespoons of molasses. So it's not like one of those things that you're like, Oh, it's such a small thing. Am I really going to be able to tell? I feel like if you leave it out, you're going to miss a little bit of that smokiness that molasses adds to the chili. Totally. And then the actual recipe calls for like two of those big 20 ounce cans of whole tomatoes and puree. I have just been using, because my family gets a little weirded out sometimes about tomato chunks, mm-hmm. I'll just do like one can of crushed tomatoes and then one of diced tomatoes. You know, it's pretty easy. It's one of those recipes you can definitely adapt. And then near the end, you put in three cans of pinto beans. Okay. So again, not red kidney beans, pinto beans. So it's taking a lot of the traditional, I think, chili ingredients oh, and flavors and just right. tweaking them, right? It's turkey instead of beef. It's pinto instead of red. And um, it adds these other flavors in. And you guys, it is just such a good chili. Yes, this is the yes. kind of chili that you're going to want. Chips, and I would recommend avocado. And obviously, you can put on cilantro and cheese and sour cream and whatever you want to do. But the avocado is what really makes it for me. It's got a little bit of a Southwest flair. Really, really good. Of course, we'll link to it in the show notes. Turkey and bean chili. It's a part of everyday foods recipes. It is a staple in my household in the winter. That sounds so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Are we all hungry I'm now? starving. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Kyle makes a really great... He is one of those chili cookers who doesn't really use a recipe. Like he'll look at a lot of people do and then he'll be like, uh-huh. okay, he'll just like start pulling things out. But he definitely includes cocoa. Sometimes he'll even do like a little sprinkle of like cinnamon Mm -hmm. in there. And so, I mean, yeah, chili is so fun to play with. You can really experiment with some of the flavors going on in there. In fact, I would love to hear if any awesomes have like a white chili recipe. I feel like I have not yet stumbled upon like a good white, Mm. usually chicken chili recipe. That would be one that you could put in the repertoire. For sure. That is different, right? For sure. Yeah. So what do you got for your awesome? Okay, this is a book. It's actually an ebook that I picked up right before the end of the year. And I'm so Glad I did. I have been using it so much. Okay, so the ebook is called Picture Play, and it was written by Jill Krause. Many of you all may know Jill as the blogger behind Baby Rabies. Oh, yeah. She's had that blog for many years. Kind of started out as a parenting blog. Now she also does a lot of travel blogging, like especially travel with family and those types of things. So anyway, her name's Jill Krause. She's also written a book about pregnancy. So basically, that's kind of her thing is in the parenting sphere. But she also, especially because now she does a lot of travel blogging, she kind of had to figure out how can I take really great pictures and edit them really well all on my phone? Because as a blogger, she has to have really beautiful images to go with her posts and her different campaigns that she does. Right. And she does have and does know how to use very well her fancy DSLR camera. But for a lot of these things, especially when you're traveling, like, you know, on a plane or in different modes of transportation with your kids, you don't want to have your big DSLR camera around your neck. So she kind of taught herself, again, using basics that she already knew from photography with a legitimate camera. She kind of taught herself how that translates into the world of just mobile photography, just using your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android or whatever to number one, take really great pictures. And then number two, use some really specific apps to do very professional looking editing on your phone so that you're not having to, you know, transfer images over to your computer to do Lightroom or Photoshop or whatever. And I am here to tell you, I 
learned so much from this book. It's like $19. It is worth every single penny. I honestly would have paid more than $19 for this book because I learned so much about, I mean, some of it was kind of a refresher. I have read lots of like especially family photography books through the years, most of them are more focused on using a DSLR, which I had for years until <laughs> one of my toddler twins dropped it and broke the lens and I've never really picked it up to you know get it fixed and all of that since then. So most of my pictures since then have been on my phone. But anyway, she talks a lot about capturing really great shots so that you don't have to do a ton of editing work, like really thinking about how to frame pictures and how to grab a picture in the moment. She talks about, you know, how to grab pictures of kids, snap pictures of kids when they're in motion all the time, which again, if you've taken pictures of toddlers, you know, it's like you basically <laughs> have to wait till they're napping before you can get yeah. a picture of them. They are a blur. They are, That's just what they, they are. They are a blur for sure. And then she kind of goes in and she really recommends and walks you through step-by-step step how to use three apps that are going to cover any of your photo editing needs. There's one app that does all kinds of adjustments like curves and, you know, in and adjust the white balance. It's a really comprehensive app that you can make a lot of changes and do a lot of editing in that. And then there's another app that she talks about where you can, if you like to add filters and play around with filters, a really great one that's going to go way beyond what your Instagram sort of built-in native filters are going to do. And then one is a sort of retouching app. Like say you grab the perfect picture of a gorgeous sunset, but there's electrical lines, you know, hanging through, which is like almost always the case. A really simple app that will help you go in and erase those electrical lines out of the picture. Mm -hmm. What I appreciated about it is that she shows you literally step by step. She's like, these are the functions that I use the most. Here is how you do it. So you get the most out of each of those apps. And a great thing I think that she's done is she has found ways to talk about, you know, capturing the picture and editing that works if you have an iPhone or an Android. So it's really covers the spectrum of mobile photography. So anyway, it's just really fantastic. Again, it's called Picture Play. I will put a link in the show notes where you can find it on her site in her shop right. by Jill Krause. And yeah, it's kind of reignited for me. You know, one of my goals, especially this school year, is to take more pictures of just regular family life because we're on the cusp of so many changes with Daisy being in her last year of middle school and AJ's in her last year of elementary and the twins are, you know, in the second semester of kindergarten now and we're going to have a new sibling. And so like there's so many things that are happening in our family. And this has really kind of re-energized my desire to take a lot of pictures of family life. So right. So are you using it so far? Like right now, just I'm curious, is it like head knowledge? It's oh, obviously yeah. reignited your fire. Yeah. But are you already doing it? You're already like going in and editing photos? Yes. I feel like that's a lot of people, you know, best of intentions, but does it actually happen? I absolutely have been. And that's awesome. I've been doing it so much. When I first started kind of using these apps, I hadn't used them, any of the three that she recommends before. So, you know, there's a little learning curve. So I'd have my picture out and I'd open the app and then I'd have to flip back and forth, like go back and forth to the editing app and just kind of play around with it. But now I've been doing, like I said, I got this right before the end of the year. A month in, I've been using it so much that I don't even have to refer back to the book as much anymore. So it's really helpful. Truly really awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, so fun. Okay, so like I said, we'll have links in the show notes for this episode for our Awesomes of the Week this week. We always want to hear Awesomes, what is awesome in your life right now? So every Friday morning over on Instagram for you Awesomes of Instagram, we ask you to share your Awesome of the Week over there. Again, that's at Sorta Awesome Show. And in the Facebook group every Friday morning, we open up the floor so that you can share with us all about the Awesome of the Week. And if you have not joined our Facebook community, you can do that very easily by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Awesomes, I'm one of those people that's a little prone to getting anxious and overwhelmed as soon as I roll out of bed in the morning. All of that is changing with one of the most awesome things truly in my life right now, and that's Shine. Shine is a free self-care app that sends you a motivational text to help you hustle with your heart. It's all about helping you go after your big goals, but also being kind to yourself along the way. All the texts and audio clips that Shine sends are research-backed. They follow Shine's formula for self-acceptance. It's not just those goofy, inspirational buzzwords that you find on social media. In fact, research has shown that increased use of Shine can lead to a significant boost in overall well-being and a decrease in anxiety. Not only do I love that morning mindset, motivational meditation, I also love all of the categories that Shine created meditations for, including how to handle relationships, general advice for chilling out, and also daily rituals. They actually created meditations to go along with the things that you're doing all day, every day anyway, like walking, cleaning, doing dishes, and your commute. And when you're ready to level up, you can become a premium member to unlock the seven-day challenges. Whether it's self-love, getting your finances in order, or getting the confidence that you need to finally start that side hustle, whatever goal you're hoping to work on, there's a seven-day audio challenge that can help you make mindful changes, appreciate the work you're already doing, and feel like you've got this. I myself am doing seven days to better money moves, and it's making a huge change in my mindset about money already. One thing that I super love about Shine is well is that it was started by two women of color. Shine's co-founders didn't see themselves represented or the support they needed in the wellness industry. So they created Shine. They've designed it to be an inclusive persona who's got your back to help you navigate all of your best days and your off days too. So Awesomes, I'm telling you, you gotta go download the Shine app today on the App Store or Google Play. Then go to shinetext.com slash awesome. You're gonna get 50% off of Shine Premium so you can get access to those seven day challenges. You'll get access also to the entire Shine audio library and other exclusive features. That's shinetext.com slash awesome to get 50% off of Shine Premium at shinetext.com slash awesome. Okay, well, like I said at the top of the episode, we are going to be talking all about what happens really, truly, not the pretty Instagram picture, <laughs> but what really happens in the midst of and after you take a big turn in your life. Now, before we get into this conversation, I do want to remind you guys that just a little over a year ago, in December of 2017, Kelly and I recorded a show called Let's Get Ready to Pivot. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? I do remember it. It was a good show. <laughs> It's an amazing show because really in that episode, we featured a lot of stories from you all, the awesomes, about pivots that you have taken 
we featured your voices and we read things. So that was episode 125. If you all want to just have a little, you know, kind of booster shot of inspiration (laughs) about having the courage to take that big step in life, it is a fantastic episode. But, you know, we kind of touched on this in that episode that pivoting is not always like, okay, I made this decision and then all of these things happen. But sometimes it's kind of messy and kind of complicated as you're in the midst of all of that happening. It's so funny because Kelly, when we recorded that episode, you know, just over a year ago, I don't think either of us would have anticipated (laughs) what the next calendar year was going to bring to our lives. I did not anticipate that we would be growing our family. Your big news and life update involves something that you've kind of been dreaming about. I don't think it was on your radar that anything was like realistically happen. Right. So that's the thing about pivots. I think sometimes you have to kind of position yourself for things that you want to happen, but that you can't completely make happen. Right. And then just see what happens. Which way is the wind going to push you? Exactly. Right. And lots of times I think when you position yourself into a position of readiness. Yeah. You might end up going in directions that you didn't even see before or anticipate. I do think that's so true. I mean, you can ascribe any kind of like terminology to it that could make it like sort of spiritual or, you know, talk about being open to what the universe has for you or open to what God's plan is. But I think that the common theme there is a posture of openness. And sometimes that can bring these unexpected things into our lives. And well, let's just get right to it. Give us the big life update, what has changed in the past? I don't know, is it six or eight weeks now in your life? Yeah, it's been about six weeks, I think, maybe a little bit more. But if you don't follow me on social media, because I did make an announcement there, so I think a lot of the Austins know this already, but I went back to work. Yeah. I have a real, quote unquote, real job working at Minnesota Public Radio here in the Twin Cities, specifically working on a show, because a lot of people are like, well, what are you doing there? It's a morning news talk show called NPR News with Carrie Miller. Carrie Miller is a beloved, super awesome fixture here in the Twin Cities. She started actually in TV as well, way back in the 90s, but has been at Minnesota Public Radio for quite some time. So we do a, it's a call-in show, a talk show. Ah, yes. You know, sort of listening region, but we focus on national and even international stories. So it's funny, as I've been working to set up guests and things, people will sometimes say, well, but do you know I'm in Dallas or in you know Philadelphia or in Los Angeles? And we actually try not to have guests that are in the Twin Cities because we have another talk show that is at 11 a.m. that does more regional stuff and is trying to get you know local experts and guests and that sort of thing. So our job is to be looking more broader. Yeah. In that sort of context. So I am working not quite full time, but almost. I work four days a week in the office and then Fridays for me are that day that can be whatever it needs to be. I'm not supposed to go into the office. If there was some reason that I needed to, I could, you know, like it's not that they wouldn't pay for me to work that day. Honestly, for me right now, it's been great to not work that day. I teach a class at the Y on Friday mornings and just be able to have a day when the kids are in school to kind of just get things done and then have always have that three-day weekend. You know, whenever we have a three-day weekend, we're all like, this is the way it should be. Like having that extra day and maybe we would all get used to it and then we would say, oh, we need four days. But I know that for me right now, especially having that third day when I don't have to go into the office and I can think about how things are 
going back at home has been really nice. It's been a really yeah. nice buffer. Yes. This position was something that had been open and then there was like some back and forth and, and schedule things. So this had been on your radar even for a few months before the ball could really get started rolling. And when you first told me about like what this position would entail, I was like, right. this is like the job created for you. I mean, it's the intersection of so many things that you love. It is public radio, first of all, everybody. Well, it's news, which is your actual working career was in a newsroom, a TV yeah. newsroom. From what I understand, a lot of like news, but also with that human interest right. angle, like really humanizing news stories, talking to people, doing the behind the scenes work to just working in audio, which you've been doing obviously since Sort of Awesome started, but in a more hands-on way, working with audio and it's just like perfect. Every time I think about it, I just cannot help but to smile so big because it's amazing how much of a fit this particular position was for you to be able to step into. Right. Well, and I feel like even in that pivot episode, we may have talked a little bit about me wanting to go back to work because that was one of the things that I said, I'm pivoting to go back to work, but yet I don't have a specific thing to step into. Yeah. So my kind of Cliff Notes version of this is originally, I would say maybe five years ago, when Kieran, my youngest, who's now in third grade, you know, was starting kindergarten. And I thought, well, here, this is the time, you know, people say your kids go to school. I'd already been at home for what, 12 more years at that point. So it had been a long time. But my thought had always been, well, I'll go back to TV news. That's what I used to do. That's what I know, right? It's right. a different city than mm -hmm. where most of my experience is. So I don't have those people, you know, those contacts to call and say, hey, I want to get back into it. And they'll be like, oh, great. We'll try to find something for you. But still, I had, you know, some connections here. Yeah. But when I started to go back into it, and this is what I think you have to do when you're pivoting is try to be open to say, is this really what I want? And maybe everyone doesn't do this. I think maybe it's my personality who says, well, this is the way it is. You know, like this is the way I've always thought it would be. So I'm just going to kind of move right forward to it. And instead, as I was doing that, I had a little bit of insight to say, wait, this isn't the same. You know, like you obviously you can't go back again. I wasn't really necessarily expecting that. But news has moved. TV news has moved. The way I consume news has moved. You know, so even as I was looking at that, mm -hmm. I thought, wait, I don't even watch TV news. You know, like I will watch individual stories of things online, you know, usually via social media, but I don't sit down at five o'clock and watch a yeah. newscast. So it was like a gradual process of me saying, you know, I don't know that TV news is where I should be. And then saying, well, then where should I be? And coming to that recognition that where I get my news at this point is from public radio and saying, oh, well, that's interesting, but I have no experience in that. Right. But could I make those skills translate? And one of the interesting things that is good for me is that here in Minnesota, our parent company of Minnesota Public Radio is American Public Media, mm -hmm. which also does a lot of podcasting and marketplace. And so we're actually the second biggest newsroom in public radio outside of national public radio. Yeah. Right. So there were a lot of job openings. As once I started to look at their jobs, I went, oh, you know, like they're not just looking every once in a while, you know, they actually do have things that they're really building besides their whole podcast division, you know, in the dark and brains on and all the things over there. So yeah, then I was able to focus my search a little bit more. But you're right, as it kind of came to wow, it, that's once huge. this job came up, especially because it was this, like, we're not quite looking for somebody full time, because that had been something that I really did not want. Again, having the time over the last four or five years to say, you know, refine, where should I be? And how much do I really have to give? Yeah, I tend to be somebody who overcommits. And so I just trying to be realistic about that and recognize where I really am in life, you know, the other things that I love to do and want to pour out into. 
So yeah, that when it came up, it did feel a little bit like, wow, I could do this and I could really enjoy. And yeah, here I am and I am doing it and I'm really enjoying it. And I think it's worth noting, if you don't mind talking about, that you actually went through the interview process twice and that when this position had first come open, that it actually didn't mesh with what your needs were, your family's needs and what they were kind of needing at the moment. And so there was kind of like, okay, maybe in the future kind of thing. And then it actually really did circle back. I mean, I think it's worth noting that just because sometimes it can be so scary to like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And you take the first step and then you hit a roadblock. That's actually a little pivot point right there, right? Of saying, okay, does that mean that I retreat back? Because sometimes you legitimately do need to be like, okay, I took a step out. It looks like this isn't the right time, the right place. You know, a variety of things, just not the right fit. And it's like, okay, do I just step back now? Because sometimes that is the very legitimate thing to do. But then sometimes you're like, nope, I'm going to stay open and just believe that whatever is going to come next is going to be the right fit kind of thing. Does that make sense at all? I feel like I'm, yeah, (laughs) I feel like I'm rambling. It it totally does. And the funny thing is that I have been interviewing and looking at Minnesota Public Radio for so long, you're actually taking two things that happened and putting them together. So we're really talking about two different, and I'll expand on this, Okay, two different types of obstacles that you may run up into. One was, I would say a year ago, I actually interviewed for a job. They were looking for someone to produce a climate news podcast. Yeah. So with that one, you guys, it was weather and news together. I was oh, like, right. I actually forgot God about that. Yes. This position for me. Like I just went in and they said, why should we hire you? And I was like, because <laughs> this is me. <laughs> this is me. I, I think even my letter, like my standard sort of, you know, letter that you send in with your resume and rewrote <laughs> yes. it all. And I was like, I am the kid who like kept weather logs when I was a child. I am the teenager who obsessed. I just went boom, boom, boom. Like I am this position. Right. So I went in for an interview and it went so well. Yeah. But then they said, it really is a full-time position. And I said, well, like full-time, like we're just getting started. So we're going to work toward full-time. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. When I saw the job and I knew it was full-time, I was like, well, maybe we can work something out. You know, it's just too perfect to not try. And they said, no, we're talking full-time minimum. <gasps> oh, right. Like it's a startup yes. situation. So we're going to be working a lot of hours. It's 40 plus when right. you're in that startup mode, for sure. Exactly, which I understand. So here's what I I did one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life, which was to say, then I shouldn't have this job. Yeah. Because I knew what it would cost my family. My husband was still traveling at the time. I knew I couldn't do it. So even though on one hand, I knew that was the right decision. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I would have always done this. I think that this is a growth thing. In my 30s, I think I would have wanted it so hard. I would have pushed to make it work. And it would have cost me. Yeah. So now I was able to say, no, it's not going to be worth it. But I will tell you that when I sent that email to take my name out of the running, I like went to my closet and cried for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because it was like, oh, it's just so hard. It's so hard not to take those opportunities when they seem perfect, but yet they're not quite perfect. Yes. I so badly in my personality want to make it work. And I have certainly learned often the hard way that that's just not how life is. I know. I mean, Kelly, you are such a high energy person, first of all, just like naturally built that way with lots of energy. You're also highly optimistic. And that I am <laughs> overly optimistic. It is a blessing and a curse. Yes. And that combination of things, I can easily see how you'd be like, yeah, I can totally do this. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. But then you just like run smack into the reality wall. And it's like, oh, wait, actually, I want to do this. But like, 
you know, there's a universe that exists outside of my what yeah. to to do this. Yeah. Dang it. Reality. So hard. I know. I know it. Yeah. So that happened. Mm-hmm. And then this last summer, when I started to interview for the position that I have now, I actually did interview for it, went in for a second interview, went really well. Then they called me and they said, you didn't get the job. Oh, okay. So that's a second type of obstacle, right? Yeah. Is where you think everything is working and they say no. So the nice thing was they immediately followed that up with, you are our number two. And we think that this position is going to open up again because of a series of events of people switching you know, positions within the company. So would you still be interested? Could we call you again in the fall? And I said, great. Yes, you may call me again in a few months. And so that's what happened. So then the position opened up again. And here we are. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that part of the story, because I think as we talked about having this conversation for this episode, that we both really wanted to emphasize Yes, that sometimes it's like you can be totally open and totally willing and like have everything in order, but things are still kind of messy. And complicated and sometimes a little bit heartbreaking too. Like when you're really open to making this big pivot and taking these big steps forward and like, it just can't, it's not happening. It's not clicking together. I mean, that's a very real part of the process. A lot of times. It is very real. I think that's the key word, right? I mean, we can all say that. And that's the funny thing. You guys, when Meg came to me and said, I think this would be the show that we should do this week. I was very squirmy because I was like, I don't know that this is a whole show. Like yeah. I could see a little segment on it, but why? Because, and this is the reason why, nothing here in my life is tied up into a bow right now. I'm in the midst of transition. Right. So it's not the announcement when you're like, this is going to happen and it's going to be great where nothing has really started to fall apart yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And exactly. It's not like you've resolved it all and you've refigured out where you should be and the balances and the checks that need to be put in place. I'm still very much in the middle of like, wow, I've been doing this for six or seven weeks now. Yeah. I'm happy, but there's just a lot going on lot. that I'm still trying to figure out. Well, let's talk about some of those things because one thing that came to mind for me is here you are a producer on a morning show on public radio. And as we've talked about a couple of times on sort of awesome, mornings are not necessarily your big go time. <laughs> I know. I think about you, Meg Teets. Do you what really? Do you, I do. What time do you get up? I get up at five, just like for fun. (laughs) Just for fun. Just like that's your normal day. It's like the middle of my night. Um, (laughs) So I do. I think about you and I'm like, see, Meg Teese has already been up. It's true. Shoot me a text. I will be like, good morning, Kelly. How did you sleep? (laughs) So funny. What I do lots of times on my way in and home from work is use Voxer. So maybe I should be Voxing you in those dark early morning hours. So yes, this is true. You guys, my show is on, not my show, but the show I work on is on at 9 a.m. Yeah. Obviously, most of the work is done the day beforehand. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah. at the same time, we do need to be there. So I am reporting for duty at 7 a.m. Oh my goodness. That's early to be rolling in and like, it's go time. Let's get this day started. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's just be honest, though. It's really early for me. But for so many people, they're like, yeah, that is just normal. <laughs> that's just what working adults yes. do. And that's true. Okay. So I will say this is my privilege showing. I have not even had to get up until like 645 lots of times. And then I didn't have to be dressed. You know, I didn't have to leave the house just getting kids off to school. Yeah. So I was scared about that. I would say when they first said it kind of depends on the team members that we have on that week and the roles you're going to fill, whether or not you would actually have to be in that early. So they said, well, you might be in as early as 7am. So I thought, well, maybe it'll be later. But here's what's happened is 
I am consistently there at 7am and partly because I kind of have grown to like it, which nobody is more surprised than me, let me tell you. I get up at, you know, like a little bit before six. And what's happened is, you know, the first few days, of course, kids would get up and hear me. Like usually they're sleeping. The teenagers, not so much, but the little children. <laughs> grade, Somewhere right now they're house. like, what? we're not little. <laughs> I know. They hate it. We call them yes. the bigs and the littles in our house because we have the teenagers. And they're like, we're not little anymore. <laughs> yeah. What do we call you? The semi-large? I don't know. <laughs> You're the littles. I'm sorry. It's just what it is. So they would get up, they would hear me get up and they would come out and you know, want to give me a hug. But at the same time, now everybody's sleeping, I can get up and it is winter at the northern latitudes. It is completely dark. It feels like yeah. the middle of the night when that alarm goes off. But I have to set up everything the night before. I think that a lot of people, even sometimes morning people, even like they want that coffee ready to go, right? Oh, yeah. So mm -hmm. everything, like my clothes are laid out, my lunch is packed, my breakfast is made. So that all I'm having to do is get ready, grab my stuff, get in the car and go. So that I'm on the road by 630, you know, is the ideal. And it's not far. That's another nice thing is that this is not too far from my house downtown St. Paul is where our studios are. So, you know, just getting in and being at work at seven, being able to kind of start tackling, I do have energy in the morning. Who knew? I mean, I kind of knew because obviously I was getting kids ready. You know, this wasn't that I was just being a slug at home, but it's really turned out to be a fun part of my day right. to start right away. And what I do in the morning is like I pull, we always have backup audio, like some new stuff so that if something goes wrong, hey, we're prepared. <laughs> like part of producing is always having a plan B, a plan C, plan yes. D usually. So that's something that I can do. Also, we do have a spot where um, Carrie will read the weather. And so I'm like, I'll do the weather. Yeah. I'll print the weather every day. And so I'm like, I have to get there at seven if I want to do the weather. <laughs> that's motivating. Because <laughs> I don't just put in like, hi, tomorrow, 36. I'm like, it's going to be a cold one. Yes. I don't know if she appreciates this or not. I need to talk to her. Like, do you want my commentary on the weather? I was going to say, you're totally there with your color commentary. I am. I'm like, starting to feel more like January the March by Wednesday. Um, so she can take it or leave it. I probably should check with her. But awesome is if you listen to her show. <laughs> that's me bleeding a little bit on with the weather. But then just getting things ready. I'm starting to get actually just this week, I'll be doing training to do the directing of the show. Like I'm in the booth right now answering phone calls because we have listeners who call in. So it's just I'm doing all this work. And then all of a sudden the show's happening. And then the show is done. And we kind of have a debrief. And it's 1030. And I'm like, Oh, my word, I've done all this work already. And it's only 1030. And that gives me a buzz. I will not lie. Like that's it feels good to be productive early. So that's motivation for yeah. me then that next day to be like, you know, there's a payoff, yes. even though I don't like getting up when I'm getting up, you know, I would not do it on a day that I didn't have to, right. But it's worth it to do for work. And moms will understand this to be able to get up and get out of the house with no one around. I'm not doing anything for anyone. I'm sure. not making a bed, unloading the dishwasher. I'm not making sure somebody had something in their bag. All of that is done. It's just me. Yeah. Yes. It's like almost like a little bit of a luxury to be able to do that. Yeah. I mean, truly, that is why I get up at five. Now, I don't have to be on the road or, you know, in work attire or anything like you do that early in the morning. But that is why I do it. Those pre-child wake up moments are gold to me for sure. So I'm so curious though, because you kind of just natural rhythms to be more of a night owl. By the end of the day, are you like tired? Are you ready to go to bed? Are you moving your bedtime back a little bit? Or are you still kind of buzzing from the day? I am trying to move my bedtime back a little bit. I certainly have been more tired. However, I think I'm still kind of running on adrenaline, a new change. So I don't think it's fully hit me as far as that. Like I haven't just been crashing or anything like that when I get home. Yeah. Still, I have to kind of fight most nights 
the natural inclination, which is to try to stay up late and be like, no, you need to go to bed. Yeah. There's only been one day at work, though, that I started to feel tired, which is surprising to me, you know, where you're kind of like, oh, like I need to get up and go get a coffee or like walk around because I'm just getting sleepy. I've not felt that. There's always something going on. I think it's so great, too, that knowing mornings had not necessarily been your natural like prime time that you probably figured out pretty quickly that you did have to automate a lot of things. Like you were saying, your clothes are laid out, your even breakfast and lunch are made. I mean, just so that you can kind of just not even have to think about if that's not your natural time of day, you don't want to be trying to make decisions. Even the simplest ones, like what am I going to have for breakfast? Yep. If everything's automated and just like, I just do this and this and this, and then I'm out the door, then I'm sure that helps so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think that for me, one of the things that works in my life is systems. I like to have freedom to choose things, but at the same time, systems to me are the scaffolding that I can then build on. Yes. So having those systems are really key for me. And so here I'm having to reinvent some systems because my old systems don't apply anymore. So having to find that, I would say within the first two or three weeks, I recognized like everything has to be done the night before where I was still experimenting with that. Well, what if I got up and did this? Nope. (laughs) Like It's not worth it. Yeah. So, you know, it's gotten easier. At the beginning, it felt overwhelming to be like, oh my word, I just finished dinner and now I've got to pack the lunches and I've got to pack my lunch. Yeah. And I've got to make my smoothie because I want a smoothie in the morning and it's too loud to blend. And like, oh my word, and now I still have to go get my clothes out. What am I going to wear tomorrow? I have to decide tonight. It felt really like a lot of extra toil. But once I kind of saw the payoff, like I get this morning then where I don't have to think and I can just get out the door and be productive. I'm like, okay, it is a change. It does require me to allocate energy in different ways and at different times. Yeah. But we're making the shift. Totally. I'm sure that 6 a.m. Kelly totally appreciates what like 8 p.m. Kelly did the night before, for sure. 6 a.m. Kelly is always blowing kisses at 8 p.m. Kelly. (laughs) And that's a good incentive to keep doing it. It really is. I love that. Austin's, we all know the right hire can make a huge impact on your business. I know that back in 2015, when I started Sorta Awesome, choosing three awesome women to help me with this whole Sorta Awesome project made a huge difference in bringing all this awesome to the world. And that's why it's so important to find the right person. Where do you find that individual? You can post on a job board and hope the right person will find your job. But think about it. How often do you hang out on job boards? Don't leave finding someone who is awesome to chance. When you can post your job to a place where people go every day to make connections, grow in their career, and discover job opportunities. LinkedIn. Most LinkedIn members haven't recently visited the top job boards, but 9 out of 10 members are open to new opportunities. And with 70% of the U.S. workforce on LinkedIn, Posting on LinkedIn is the best way to get your job opportunity in front of more of the most awesome people out there. People who are qualified for your role and ready for something new. It's the best way to find a person who will help you grow your business and why a new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. Hurry to linkedin.com slash awesome and get $50 off of your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off your first job post at linkedin.com slash awesome. Terms and conditions do apply. 
Awesomes is one of your resolutions to get your body moving more this year. I think we should take control of our fitness journeys in 2019. And that has never been easier to do than now with Beachbody On Demand. Beachbody On Demand is an easy to use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. You know, Beachbody is the company behind P90X and Insanity, Brazil Butt Lift, Pio, three-week yoga retreat, and more. What I love about Beachbody On Demand is you can work out on your own schedule. Those workouts are sometimes as short as 10 minutes and they don't require any extra equipment. In the time it takes you to drive and park at your local gym, you could be finished working out already. Now, I myself have been loving getting into that yoga flow with the pre and postnatal yoga plan with Desi Bartlett. And if you've got yoga on your mind, you have to try the three-week yoga retreat. If you've always wanted to learn yoga but didn't even know where to start, you can master the fundamentals of yoga right at home in just 21 days. Each workout is 30 minutes and provides you with all the tools that you need to master yoga. I really want you awesomes to check out this service because they make it so easy to get in touch with your inner strength and your inner awesome all in the comfort and privacy of your own home. Right now, you awesomes can get a special free trial membership, including Beachbody On Demand's new 14-day results plan, where you can lose up to nine pounds in the first two weeks when you text awesome to 303030. You're going to get access to the entire platform for free, all the workouts, the nutrition information, the results plan to get you super fast results and support totally free when you text awesome to 303030. That's awesome to 303030. So let's keep talking about family life a little bit because you kind of alluded to one of the previous positions not really working out because your husband, Corey, had been on the road traveling for work. In fact, that wasn't a recent development. He has been traveling to various positions for like years, but then he kind of had a transition in his job life to where he was at home a lot more. How's that going with like kind of this role switch right now Right as you guys are moving through this transition? I would say this has been the biggest key to making this a really pretty seamless and easy transition for me is that my husband is at home right now. He is doing like pursuing consulting work. So he's not traveling and he's really free to take on a lot of the things that if he were not here, I would be having to do to outsource, mm-hmm. you know, that it would take my energy right. to say, okay, if I'm going to have to leave at 630, you know, the teenagers can get themselves up and out the bus, whatever. But the little kids are going to have to get up and then I'm going to have to find some place that they can go. You're like our next door neighbor has a daycare. Like it wouldn't be the end of the world, but it would just be, then I'm not alone getting ready in the morning. You know, I'm having to get them up. It's a major change for everybody because they're going to have to go to bed earlier if they're getting up at six and not eight. It would have been so much more work mm-hmm. on a personal side yeah. for me to take this job if he was still traveling. So since he's not, you guys, he's just a stay-at-home dad. He's picked up the slack yeah. that I've dropped um, and he's been so happy to do so and so supportive of me. So he is the one now that just gets everybody up and gets them out the door. And then he's the one who's here when people get off the bus and can take somebody to an orthodontist appointment and you know, like can do all of those things that would be a lot more work for me. So of course, I don't necessarily expect this type of like freedom for his schedule forever, but it's a great thing to have as a baby step back into the workforce after being out for 17 years Yes, to say, how will this work for our family? So right now, most of the transitions are just for me. 
like my family hasn't had to transition much. That's so great. You know what I mean, yeah. the kids haven't had to feel it. Now, my 11-year-old daughter, she's the one who's like, I never see you anymore. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, it's just an hour in the morning. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. But I think that for her, it's probably more about the fact that she's getting ready to start adolescence and here she is starting. Yes. So like, there's a lot of change in her life. So she's super sensitive yes. to any change right now. But this is the minimum change oh, is that you don't see me yeah. for that hour between when you get up and when you get on the bus. I'm here the rest of the time. You know, like I've made your lunch. I mean, she and I have been doing a lot of like notes in the lunch. She even puts notes in my lunch, which is super cute. Like I get to, oh. my desk is all like notes that she's oh giving me. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. I love it. Yeah, it's been nice to have as I transition back in to have this buffer, Yeah, which has been fantastic. Yeah. And you know, I think that that in some cases can be like one of the benefits of, you know, being in your 40s. Right. You and Corey both have, you know, had this variety of experiences and your family life has looked one way for so long that, you know, being in your 40s when your careers are going to be different, it kind of does give that freedom or a little bit of a change, especially when you're in your 20s, but even into your 30s, you're kind of more locked in particularly career development wise of like, no, this is what has to be done in this phase of my career. Yeah. And then you kind of like eventually move beyond that and things can change up a little bit. So exactly. I mean, both in your career and your family life, right? Yes. I loved being at home with my kids. You guys, biggest, one of the biggest surprises of my life since I didn't even want to have children, you know, like to be home with my kids these last 15 ish years has been so fun. I really have enjoyed it. So I don't regret that. But I'm also really happy to be here, which is we're changing. So instead of fulfilling these very kind of traditional roles, which is what they just happened to be, yeah. which was my husband went out and worked and I stayed home with the kids, we're switching it up a little bit and that's okay too. And yet we're both having a lot of fun with it. I think it's really good for our family Yeah, as we're, you know, there's a lot of change that happens in your family too. It doesn't feel super hard. Sure. Totally makes sense. Okay, before we wrap up, I did want to ask you, and you kind of have touched on this a little bit, but I mean, for you personally, you had been at home for 15-ish years and had, I'm sure, certain routines that you looked forward to or activities or even like your little rituals. And I'm wondering about how some of that is changing, how you're coping with some of those changes. And again, some of those just sort of like messier parts. Again, for you, I totally hear what you're saying that for your kids, like a lot of life has just kept on rolling along the track, but you have had, I'm sure a lot of things where you're like, well, wait, I actually can't do that anymore. <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit. It's so true. And I don't know if this is a personality thing, but I have found that when my joy comes at the expense of someone else's joy, it really diminishes my joy. And I know some people maybe are better at saying, well, I don't, you know, like I can't control yeah. your reaction to me. And so I'm not going to let it affect me. Yeah. I am really bad at that, especially when it comes to my kids. So in that sense, like I am happy that all of the repercussions are kind of falling on me. Like all the balls that I'm dropping are my balls, yeah. not theirs. And I am dropping a lot of things, you guys. Oh my word. This is the messiest part is I just, I don't have good systems yet for <laughs> like how things are working in my life. I used to work out, I would say three or four times a week. I'm a classes sort of person. You know, I do teach one class. Yeah. But otherwise I just really enjoyed my classes and now I can't go because I used to go during the day and yet I don't want to go in the evening when that's my only time with my family. I haven't figured that out. And also I sit on my butt. <laughs> A lot. And I didn't used to, you know, just being a stay-at-home mom, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. you're shopping and, you know, walking around, putting laundry away and you're doing a lot of things. 
So just not even being as active. I have an Apple watch and it's now thumping me on the watch on the wrist all the time. Like, it looks like you aren't moving very much. And I'm like, I know, (laughs) shut up. So I'm trying to find a new system for that. And honestly, I just don't have one yet. I could walk more at work. That's one of the things that I'm like, I could try. We are connected to the Skyway system, which is, you know, one of those things that people have in cold climates where you can go from building to building downtown without having to go outside. So I'm like, I could walk around downtown St. Paul without needing a coat on even taking 10 minutes or our building is five stories. Sometimes I have actually gone out and run up and down the stairs, say hi to Avdi, our, our reception like person. He's always like, hi. And I'm like, I'll be back. <laughs> first floor, fifth floor, first floor, fifth floor. Just trying to get some steps in. I haven't figured out how to do that. Another thing that I have not figured out is time with my husband. Yeah. Because since he has been home the last several months, not traveling, and then the kids were in school, we had all this time to hang out. We would actually work out together. We would go to lunch. You know, we could go for bike rides back when the weather was nice. We just had all this time. And you guys, I feel really bad. I don't know where to fit him in. Where, you know, at nighttime, I'm tired. Our weekends are usually kind of full. We do still have Fridays. So that's been a saving grace because that's a day that I teach my class. He works out. We usually just have a standing lunch date. But then that's all he gets when he's used to having a lot more time with me. And then I don't know where to fit in my friends. So I also had time to, I could have two or three, you know, lunches or coffees or something with a friend a week, go for a walk. So I have people like, oh, I want to see you. And I'm like, I totally want to see you too. I have no idea when I'm going to do that. So I'm going to have to try to figure some of those things out. And I know new systems will come and they will look differently. Like I won't probably have as much time to hang out with friends as I have, right. but that's okay. So just trying to figure some stuff out like that. If anybody has you know, great ideas, I know there's a working mom spinoff group from the sort of awesome yes. hangout. I know these are things that everybody faces. I've been tremendously blessed the last you know number of years since my kids have been back in school and I haven't been working full time to be able to have a lot of freedom. Right. But this just, even though this is something that you guys, it's hard to overstate how happy I am in my job, how much I'm enjoying it and loving it and my colleagues and what we get to talk about on a daily basis and how intellectually stimulating it is. It also means I'm having to give up something in other parts of life. So kind of coming to terms with the reality of that is something that I'm in the midst of. Absolutely. We do talk about that a lot here that everything is kind of give and take and that there's always like a trade-off, even moving into a career position that's like so perfect. There's definitely it's going to take things from your life as well. So good. Well, I know we do have, you mentioned it, we have a wonderful spinoff group from the Hangout, the sort of awesome working moms, and I'm sure they have great ideas. And I'm sure just the awesome community at large has ideas to kind of help, you know, sometimes just hearing like, oh, here's how I do it. You're like, oh my gosh, I could actually totally do right. that too. Right. And that's, I think the <laughs> exercise one is the one I'm tackling first because it feels the most approachable yes. to me. So I'm like, if I could just find a couple of other times to go to the or just even be more active, like I'm starting there. Could you just walk around more that I can do? You know, like I tend to be the kind of person who just, I get very involved in what I'm doing and I eat at my desk and I enjoy it. So it's not like it's costing me, but at the same time to say, hey, why don't you unplug for 10 minutes and go for a walk? It would be good for you. I can do that. So that's approachable. It's a baby step sort of a thing. But, you know, some people work out before they go to work. I'm like, oh my word, what (laughs) what I have to get up I'll be your wake up text. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm like, I don't know. Is that what it's going to require? Do I care that much? Is my health worth that? I don't know. Um, So yeah, people try things, then you have to figure out what works for you too, right? Yes. It's a trial sort of a thing. And that's okay. Yeah. I'm trying to be okay in the mess. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's put that on a t-shirt. Trying to be okay. Parentheses (laughs) in the mess of it. Okay. Well, I know that you all will want to share your 
Congratulations and best wishes to Kelly as she moves into this new chapter of her life and also maybe give her some advice on some of this stuff that is, you know, kind of the systems that she's working out. So Kelly, remind everybody where we can find you all around the web. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Kelly Gordon MN or on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewellblog. Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. Don't forget the show is over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.